Hey there, welcome to the She Connects podcast. I'm thrilled that you are here. My name is Susan Vandenhuvel, and I have the honor of being your host each and every week. She Connects is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, and allows me to connect with women in the online space. I wholeheartedly believe that we as women enjoy connecting with one another to share hearts, disappointments, dreams, any challenges that we're facing, and really to just do life together. The heartbeat behind this podcast is to help empower and equip you to step into all that God has for you to do in this world. I'll be sharing whatever God has placed on my heart for the week, and from time to time, I invite guests on the show that I personally have gleaned and been inspired from people that I admire and I just maybe want to learn a little bit more from and that I believe you will appreciate listening to. So welcome. I cannot wait to connect with you today. Hey everyone, welcome back to the She Connects podcast. I'm Susan Vandenhuvel. So great to have you joining us again. Uh, it's always an honor to just be able to connect with you in the online space. Uh, you are going to love the guest that I have with us this week. She is really amazing. She's on fire for the Lord and God is just really using her life to impact uh, the world for the kingdom. So welcome to the show. Um, Donna, tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're joining us from or where you're yeah (laughs) yeah well thanks so much Susan for having me on the show I feel like we are just sisters like in the short time we have known each other I just feel like we have connected so much but I am an evangelist I live in Tennessee as if your listeners can't tell by the accent that (laughs) I'm definitely not from your area, but yes, I lived in, in Iowa for nine years, but I still didn't lose the accent. So I still here, but I'm an evangelist. I'm a prison minister. I speak for youth camps, just I do whatever God me to do basically. Mm, yeah, I love that. And I, I love following along with you on the socials and just rejoicing with and for you and how the Lord is is moving and opening doors. And it's just incredible all the lives that are being changed and touched um, and hope that is being received truth and salvation. It's, it's just so, so amazing. So this week, we're going to be diving into diving into a topic uh, that I think is is needed. I think that it's a conversation that needs to take place. Uh, It's something that I've been just praying about for quite a while, something that's been on my heart for some time. And so I I thought I would reach out to my friend Donna and invite her into this conversation with us. We're going to be talking this week about the Holy Spirit who he is, um, his role in the Trinity, the character um, of the Holy Spirit. And uh, we just really want to help you better understand who he is and how you can recognize his leading and his voice in your life. There is just um, your whole relationship, your faith, uh, things change uh, when you really begin to tap into um, and operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. So let's first begin, Donna, talking about who the Holy Spirit is. Can you help listeners better understand who he is, what his role is in the Trinity, and the character of the Holy Spirit? 
Yeah. Well, first of all, I can say who he is to me and I will tell anybody this. I'm glad to tell anybody this. He is my best friend because I would be absolutely powerless without him. And he has done so much in my life, but he is the third person of the Trinity. Like you said, uh, we often refer to him wrongly as an it, you know, I've noticed that a lot of people, we, we want to say, well, have you received it? No, I've received the Holy spirit. Yeah. <laughs> I've received an it. Um, but we do tend to kind of call him an it and not really acknowledge that he is the third person of the Trinity. So he is definitely, he is, is equal with the son and the father in that he is one very, very important member of the Trinity and he is a person. So, you know, for a long time, and this is just my own experience, I didn't pray to the Holy Spirit. I felt like that was sacrilegious or something, I guess, <laughs> you know, because I didn't know him in that sense of him actually being a third person, you know, we just often tend to dismiss him as a person when he longs to have a relationship with us as well. And so we can pray to the Holy Spirit. We ask him to lead us, to guide us, to, you know, give us knowledge, to, to help us make decisions. And he loves to be that intimate partner with us that guides us, that teaches us and helps us in in our daily lives. But I think we fail to recognize sometimes that he is a person of the Trinity and that he does want to hear from us as well. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to circle back when you, when you brought up that often he is misrepresented as an it, I'm so glad Mm -hmm. that you brought that up because I think that when we understand that he is a person and we can have this relationship with him, it just changes so Mm -hmm. much, doesn't it? Yes, definitely. And, you know, like I said, he's my best friend. I absolutely, I know that my ministry would not be as effective as it is with him, you know, without him. When I go into the jails to speak, oftentimes I don't even know what I'm going to say. But as I go in, he completely leads me in the direction that he wants me to go in because he knows what's on the minds and hearts of every person in that room. And I'm seeing these people for the first time in many cases. So I don't know anything about them, but he can lead me and direct me to help me to know exactly what to minister on, exactly what to say, how to say it. He is a gentleman in that he speaks through love. That's his primary language. And he helps us to do that as well. So, you know, he is just of ultimate importance to me in my life and in my ministry. Mm-hmm. And we're going to, um, we're going to go there in this conversation here in a few minutes, but I just have to interject um, and just kind of piggyback off of something that you said. It really takes some pressure off of us that I don't yes. have to try to manufacture and make something happen that mm-hmm. we have the Holy spirit. 
man, I mean, that is so freeing right there. And I just have to believe, I, you know, that maybe someone even listening right now that is giving you some freedom right there that you mean, I don't have to try to force something to happen. I don't have to try to, it's no, <laughs> you be obedient and leave the results up to him. Only he can do that. Oh, that is so freeing right there. So yes. how, how do we recognize his voice and his leading in our lives? You know, it comes from having that personal relationship with him and spending time with him. You know, we, we pray to Jesus, we pray to him and, and we build relationship with him through his word and through prayer. But we also build that same kind of relationship through the Holy Spirit in praying in tongues. I believe that, you know, just since we've started going back into the jails and, and ministering a lot of that time when we were shut down due to COVID, you know, I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know how to pray for those women. I felt terrible that I couldn't get to them to minister to them. I spent just a lot of time praying in the spirit. And when I went back in, it was like, God has just completely ramped up what is happening in the jails. And, you know, it's just when you get to know him, you know, when you have that relationship with him, you start to recognize his voice more clearly. It just comes to you. It just comes naturally. Just a quick example last week. And, and I'm still silly about it. Let me tell you, I'm still silly and still want to do my own thing sometimes, even when I know he's speaking to me. Last week before I went to the jail, my daughter and I were in Walmart and all of a sudden, just out of the blue, I felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me to go buy a, a small rubber ball. And I was like, no, why? You know, and then it was like, it kind of occurred to me that tonight in the jail service, you're going to toss it to each one of the women and have them to share a brief testimony about what God's done. And so I thought, yeah, that's a good idea. So I went and I got a ball and I carried it around the entire store. And then right before we left, I took it and put it back. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. And so I left the store. And when I got to the service that night, I kid you not, it was just when I went in, there was such a sense of just all of the ladies seemed really, really down. And and before I even knew what I said, I said, you know, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And as soon as I said testimony, it came right back to me exactly what the Holy Spirit had intended for me to do. So I had to manufacture a ball <laughs> paper. And when I said, this is what we're going to do, I said, everybody put your chairs in a circle. And I said, I'm going to toss this. And one of the ladies started crying and she raised her hands and she said, Miss Donna, she said, I was just praying. And she said, I was just talking to my friend. And I said, wouldn't it be so great if tonight she just had us to all share a brief testimony? Wow. The Holy Spirit knows he knows what he's doing. And just like coming to me and telling me in Walmart, pick up a ball, you're going to pass it around tonight and share testimonies. And, and yet I ignored that because I thought, well, I don't know if that's what I'm going to do or not. You know, <laughs> and then I get there and he's like, that's what you were supposed to do. So now you got to improvise. So <laughs> we can, we can dismiss his voice or we can choose to listen to it. But when we know that we know that we know 
him as a friend, you know, and we have that close relationship with him, then it's so easy to pick up when he's speaking to us and we recognize him and we recognize his voice. Yeah. Oh, that is so good. So good. Uh, I want to back up because I, I'm just thinking about maybe the listener that caught when you said, you know, praying in tongues, and maybe that's something new. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, if you're listening today, maybe you've never heard that before. And um, you just would like further explanation about that. What does that mean? So can you explain what you're talking about there? Yes. So, you know, we read in Acts 2 where the Holy Spirit was given and and Jesus had told his disciples to go and wait in the upper room. And he said, the gift will be given to you. So wait there in the upper room until you receive the gift. And he he had told them you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And so they were waiting in the upper room, not just idly waiting, but they were worshiping and praising Jesus. And it was like a mighty rushing wind that came into the place and it filled the room where they were sitting and they began to speak in other tongues. Now there were tongues of fire. The Bible says on top of their heads. Now that's not normative. That's not what we experience today, but we still experience the tongues, the gift of, of tongues. And it's our, our personal prayer language. I like to say, because It edifies us when we're praying in the spirit. That's for our edification. Um, It's like a a silent prayer language that we have that can't be deciphered. We don't know what we're praying, but the scriptures say that he knows what we need. He prays on our behalf. And so when we don't know what to pray, because there's times that I'm just going through something and I really, I just don't even know what to pray. Yeah, And I can go and begin to pray in tongues and pray in that spiritual language that he's given me. And he knows better than me what I need. Mm-hmm. So I use this as an example with the ladies a lot in the jail. You know, sometimes we pray for what we want because we think that's best for us. And we'll see something and we're like, oh, I want this car. You know, I, I really want it to work out where I get this car. The Holy Spirit may be looking at this car and knowing that two weeks after you buy it, it's going to completely blow up on the side of the road and you're going to be stuck. And so while we're praying, God, please give me this car. When we pray in the spirit, the spirit takes over and he's like, he can be talking to God and saying, you see, she wants this car really bad. Don't let her have that car. Whatever you do, it's going to blow up, you know? So he prays on our behalf for what we need, not necessarily what we want. And so that's one of the reasons that I love praying in the spirit. And especially when praying for others and you don't know what they need, you pray in the spirit for them and intercede on their behalf. And he prays on their behalf for them through you. So it's, it's just a powerful gift. You know, we need the Holy spirit in our lives. And we need that, that intimate language that, you know, helps us to, to pray for ourselves and for others. Mm-hmm. You know, when I have prayed for, with people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I have ran across, and I'm sure you have too, where, where people are thinking somehow um, they're going to lose the ability to control, you know, their tongue or their voice Mm -hmm. somehow, or like, it's going to be manipulated somehow, you know, when, 
it's not like that at no, all. Not at all. Uh, you know, um, it, it like we open our mouth and mm-hmm. and we do that as we feel prompted um, by the Holy Spirit to do that. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. You know, that held me up for several years from receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit because I had this false notion in my head that when the Holy Spirit came upon me, he was just going to take control of my mouth. He was going to take control of my tongue. And this language was just going to come out that I had no earthly knowledge of whatsoever. And I was just going to just blah, 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 blah. And it was my mouth is just going to take off. And that is not at all what we experience. I tell people it's like you receive your salvation by faith. Mm -hmm. You also receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit by faith. And we have to believe that, you know, God wants us to have this gift even more than we want it sometimes because he knows the power it's going to bring into our lives. And, you know, we can desire something just out of our own knowledge, but God knows, he knows that the, the power and the anointing that it's going to bring into your life. So he wants you to have this gift. He wants you to be able to witness powerfully to others. And so we often think, oh, I got to try so hard to get it, you know, or I hope I get it. And I'm praying, please, please, please let me get it. And we often act like we're, we're catching something like we're catching a virus, like, you know, but no, it's not, you don't get it. You don't catch it. It's a gift. He is holding it out to you. He wants you to take it. But when we receive, it's just like these syllables, these sounds, these words that make no sense will just come into your head, but you have to speak them out in faith. You control your mouth. The Holy Spirit's never going to make you do anything you don't want to do. So you have got to speak it out in faith. And when you begin to speak it out, you're going to know that it's the Holy Spirit. Because to me, it was like a well that just a river of living water that just welled up within me and just began to overflow. And so, you know, that's how we experience it. It's not some phenomenon that takes control of us, but he gives us the utterance. It's just like the scripture says, as they were given the utterance and Mm -hmm. we are given the utterance, but we must speak it out in faith. Yeah. So good. I really wanted to make sure that we effectively communicate that because I've ran into that before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I just wanted to do our very best to make sure yes. that listeners that are maybe, you know, haven't received that, um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and they begin to seek that and pray for that, that mm-hmm. it's not somehow manipulating you and taking control of you that way. So, mm-hmm. uh, but you really um, began to touch upon that, uh, you know, the, the Lord wants this for us more than what we even do. And, um, you know, you already brought up the book of Acts. And so um, if you uh, are unfamiliar with the book of Acts, I think that we would both highly encourage you to take a look at the book of Acts, such a powerful book of the Bible. Yes. Um, so, so powerful. And it really gives just this beautiful this beautiful picture of how the Holy Spirit operates. Um, So, so powerful. But in Acts chapter one, verse eight, this is Jesus. uh, He's speaking here and you kind of uh, touched on this a little bit, but he says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So what is Jesus communicating here? And I just have to say, I, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here, but 
we're going to get into this a little bit that it, he wasn't just communicating that to, to the disciples, but he, like you said, he wants it for us as well. So, but anyway, what was he trying to communicate here? He wanted them to know that they would receive special power to share the gospel. So yes, he wanted them to be his, but he didn't want them to go it alone. And so the Holy spirit was a gift, but it was also a companion that was coming to be with them, to help them share the gospel in boldness and in power and with signs following as we read on in acts we see that they began to see signs and wonders and so it's important for us to realize that to have that boldness we need the the power of the holy spirit we need that gift and operation in our life because he does make us so much bolder he gives us that that desire i mean for myself, I was a complete introvert before I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And people that are hearing me speak right now are like, yeah, right. (laughs) Because you can't shut me up, especially when we get on the topic of the Holy Spirit. My husband says he wishes that God would dial it back a little bit sometimes, but you know, I'm just telling you when you are powered up with the Holy Spirit, you cannot shut up about the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. It's like, it sets your soul on fire to tell people that there is hope to tell them about Jesus, to rescue them from a perishing. It's just, it is the power that we need. And even more so today, you know, the disciples needed it then because, you know, he knew what kind of persecution that they were going to go through all kinds of persecution. And I look back And we don't even experience that kind of persecution today. I mean, we think we go through a lot, but yeah, most of that's verbal. We're not physically going to prison or being flogged like Peter and John. And and so we, you know, we don't realize that they needed that power then, but for the things today, you know, to, to be able to effectively share the gospel, how much more we need that power today to be effective because, you know, so many people have increased in human knowledge. The Bible says in in the last days, human knowledge will increase. And so people have become so self-sufficient. They believe that they've got it all together, that their human knowledge makes the Bible irrelevant that they look at that and they're like, yeah, but whatever, you know, it's just a history book. We hear that all the time, but when it is compounded and when it is relayed with the power of the Holy spirit, there is something undeniable that takes place in a person's heart. Just like when we go into the jails and we see that we can, we can share those words with power because it's not just words on a page. It's never just words on a page, but when we begin to speak it through the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit can take those words deeper than we ever imagined and he can affect the lives of those that we're speaking to. So yes, we definitely, definitely need that power to witness and share the gospel. Yeah. And I'm sure like you, you've, um, you know, you've engaged in conversation about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You've heard questions. Well, wasn't that just for those people, you know, that's not for us today. I mean, that's for the people in the Bible. And 
you know, I always refer to, I always go back to the Bible, you know, what does the Bible say? Because that is, that is the truth. And that's how I govern my decisions and what I believe, you know, it's just my foundation. And so I look at Acts chapter two and it says it's for you and for those who are far off, you know, generation to generation to generation. I use that verse too, because that, I mean, that just spells it out. It's not Mm -hmm. just for them. It's for your children and their children and their children from on and on and on and on. It just Mm -hmm. continues. And so, yes, we need him today desperately. Mm -hmm. And we don't see anywhere in the Bible where it ended. No. You know, I mean, we don't get to the end of the Bible and there's a scripture in there that says, and the Holy Spirit ended, you know, (laughs) it's just not there. (laughs) I know a lot of people want to take out of context, uh, first Corinthians chapter 13, where it says, when that which is perfect has come, then tongues will cease and all of that. Well, they try to use that and say, well, that's referring to the written word of God. I know they use that a lot. That's not what it's referring to. Yes, we have the written word of God now, but we have not seen Jesus face to face. And it goes back to that scripture that says, we see through a glass darkly, but then we shall see him face to face. We have not got to that point. So we have not got to the point to where that which is perfect has fully come. We're not sitting in heaven with him. Now, when we are sitting in heaven with him, there will be no more need for tongues because we'll know him even as we are known. But as we are here on earth, that is a gift that he has given us. And like you said, it has never come to a point where it should cease or it should end. We need it desperately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, talking about that passage of scripture in Acts 2, you know, if we look uh, also in the Old Testament, in the book of Joel, um, you know, chapter two, we see that it's for all people, um, you know, that it crosses gender lines, you know, Mm -hmm. your men and women, sons and daughters, you know, um, dreams and visions. And then we even see that it crosses age lines, you know, um, that it's, it's your old, it's, it's the young and the old. And and so it's for everybody. It's, it's, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how old you are or what your background is or how educated it doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter. I was baptized in the Holy spirit a year after I accepted Jesus Christ as my, my Lord and savior. And did I fully understand what it all meant? Absolutely Mm -hmm. not. But I felt like, wow, if there is more that God wants to give to me, why would I say no to that? Exactly, exactly. And I tell you, Susan, that is exactly what I'm seeing in the jails right now. I know I'm talking about it a lot, uh, the jail ministry, but I'm going in there and we start the worship service. Some of these ladies, they come up and they ask me to lead them to Jesus. I lead them to Jesus in prayer. The next thing I know, they are falling out under the power of the Holy Spirit in the floor. And when I help them up, they are speaking in tongues. Do they understand it? No, but they come in there with an expectancy, desiring all that God has for them. They want more. And they have, when they come and we pray together, I say, do you want everything that God's got for you? And they say, yes, I do. And I said, tell him 
tell him that that's what you want. And they just began to pray and they say, God, I want everything you have for me. Don't leave anything out. Give me everything you want me to have. And that's why we're seeing him move in such power. Because when you get serious with God and you've had enough of what the world has tried to dish out to you and it has all failed you and nothing has been successful in your life. And you get to a place where you are hungry and you want everything that God's got. When you cry out to him and say, give me everything you have got for me, then he is not going to disappoint you. And that is what we're experiencing. These ladies don't understand it. I'm going back and teaching on the Holy spirit after the fact that they've received it. So that's how powerful God is pouring out his spirit in these days. He definitely, definitely wants to be relational in our lives, to fill us up and to help us in our, you know, even in our temptations and our weaknesses, he wants to be a part of every aspect of our lives. So who are we to deny him access you know, it's, we should hunger for him. We should yeah. just desire everything that God's got. Yeah. Yeah. It's that childlike faith, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Really? Oh, golly. Um, so let's talk about the gifts of the spirit. Uh, you know, we've talked about speaking in tongues, but um, we know that there's more. So what are those and how does one receive them? Well, I'm, um, assuming you're speaking of first Corinthians uh, chapter 12, eight through 10, and it tells us what the gifts are. And I like to kind of break them up into three categories. It's easier for me to remember that way because you can just break it up, break it down really easily. And so we have in one category, the revelation gifts. And so the revelation gifts would be known as the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge and discerning of spirit uh, spirits. Those types of things are all together as whereas they are working in your mind mostly. You know, sometimes I pray for someone and God will give me a word of knowledge. It could be something that I could have never, ever have known about the individual ever. And he reveals it to me. And in that moment, when I reveal it to them, then they are just like astounded but it proves to them that God knows them because they know that I could have no knowledge of that whatsoever. And so God has had to reveal that to me. So he can give us those kind of, of words of knowledge for someone, um, special wisdom. Sometimes, you know, we need a word of wisdom from someone where we're facing a situation. We really don't know what to do. And, and God can give someone a piece of special wisdom in a situation to help guide us. And, and that is very beneficial. And then the discerning of spirits. I mean, we are told to be discerning at all times, you know, to test the spirits, to test things that are spoken to us. And so we want to have that discerning of spirits on a regular basis. But this gift is, it goes even beyond that to give us a, a specific discerning of something or a spirit that is in operation in someone's life. So we want that. And then we have the power gifts, which is faith, healing, and miracles. And this is one of my favorite categories <laughs> because that's what I'm all about is seeing God do the miraculous. But, um, and we're all supposed to have faith, right? God says that we have faith 
the size of a grain of a mustard seed, then we can move mountains. So we want faith, but faith in terms of being a spiritual gift is more like faith for a specific thing. Like he gives us extreme, extraordinary faith to move in a special way, to move in a specific way, or to believe for a specific thing in someone's life. And so that is a special kind of faith. It's like a, just a, I guess I'd call it a ramped up kind of faith where you just know that, you know, that, you know, it's going to happen. And so that's, that's how that operates. And then we have, we have now like the gift of healing and miracles where someone is just super empowered. I think of Catherine Coleman, you know, she's one of my favorites and uh, she had that gift of healing. You know, she could speak to a congregation and people would just miraculously get healed in the congregation. She didn't have to touch them or anything, but she had that gift of healing and and even miracles, you know, and the same thing, lame people would begin to walk. There was just, you know, it was just miraculous things that happened under her ministry. And so those are the power gifts. And then we talk about the vocal gifts, which we spoke of speaking in tongues. That is the initial physical evidence of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. But then there's the specific gift of tongues where you might be in a service, a church service, and God would give you a message in tongues and you would, it would, to me, this is what it seems like happens. It comes out louder than just someone praying in tongues. It's like God puts a megaphone in front of your mouth. And it's just a louder, it rises from, from deep within and it comes out and then it is followed by an interpretation, which is another one of the vocal gifts. So God can give someone else the interpretation and some, in some cases he'll use the same individual for the interpretation. But in most cases that I've experienced, it has been someone else in the congregation that gets the interpretation. And so they interpret what the person has just spoken in tongues and it's God's message to the church. And in that sense, tongues is for the edification of the congregation, not just for ourselves, but for the entire congregation. So when we have a specific message of tongues, it comes out louder. It comes out with the intent of being heard by the entire congregation. And then the interpretation will follow. And then of course we have the gift of prophecy where God will speak something specific into someone's life, prophesy over them through an individual. That's how I received my calling. It was spoken to me through an evangelist and I didn't believe it. So I used another one. I finally believed it, but you know, when, um, when someone speaks a word to, see to you though, it's usually going to be a confirming word, yeah. you know, in some cases it might be something that's just completely out of the blue unknown. Like it was in my first case, because I didn't think I could do that. It wasn't that I didn't really think that God would call me to do that. And it stuck in my mind after he said that, you know, after he told me I was going to be an evangelist, it stuck in my mind, even though I didn't that my ability would allow me to do that. But then when that confirmation came through the second word of prophecy given to me that said the same thing, then I was like, okay, okay. I get it. God. All right. (laughs) I'll, I'll be obedient to that. So, you know, it, it's usually a confirming thing. It's usually something that seals something in your spirit that you feel it 
If it's something that's just way off the wall and does not resonate with you, then that's probably not a prophetic word. It's probably somebody that's just speaking something that they think, (laughs) you know, might happen in your life or, or be of benefit to you. But that's why we have to test the spirits and test prophecies. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think that even inviting wise counsel, you know, if you're just really confused by something that someone said to you, uh, wise counsel is, is really good for that as well. And I know that I, I have said a few different times to, to people, you know, again, going along with the lines that you said, it's, it's a confirmation. It's not a newsflash, you know, Um, because it's usually God is speaking through someone to confirm what he's already been speaking to you or stirring on the inside of you. Uh, So good, Donna. So before we, uh, just to let the listeners in a little bit um, to our conversation, before I hit record, we were talking about just kind of where we're at in our, in our culture right now, and this reliance on self. And um, there's a message out there, just an overriding message of that points to self and self-sufficiency. And, you know, I think that we, we are trying to really communicate here that there's, there's not enough willpower. There's not enough strength in and of ourself. We're not wise enough. Um, there aren't enough experts uh, to help us to do the work of the Lord and the, and to fulfill the calling upon our lives, we need the Holy spirit. And so as we kind of bring this conversation to a close, share with the listeners, how the Holy spirit has helped you in your ministry, uh, in your faith and your relationship with Jesus. Well, I've shared several different things in conversation of how he has, like I said, I was an introvert, before I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I know that I could not do ministry at all without him. You know, you think sometimes that sharing your testimony is easy, but I believe that he has helped me to share my testimony because I know that I'm not relying on myself. And, you know, we see so much out there, self-help, you know, how to do this, how to do that, how to do, you know, anything in ministry, And it's not about having a set of directions to do something. What works for one may not work for another, you know, revival may break out in one place and you may think, well, I'm going to use every song that they sang because that, what, that is what brought revival. And that's not always the case. You know, God is always doing something new. And so when we have the Holy spirit that allows us that insight to do what he wants us to do, to bring what he wants us to bring. Because like I said before, he knows what we need. He knows what the people that are, we're ministering to needs. He can go before us, prepare hearts before we even begin to minister. So there's so many things that the Holy Spirit can help us in. He's our comforter in times of need or in times of loss. You know, he can comfort us like no other. He's an advocate for us. He goes to the father and he makes intercession for us. He's, he's just so many wonderful things. He's our teacher. You know, he helps us. He leads us from temptation. When we're tempted, he can help us to discern what's going on and and realize in that situation, okay, you know, I need to avoid this. 
He just helps us in every aspect of life. And, you know, when I said that he is my best friend, I did not speak that lightly. I mean, I would be lost without him. Mm-hmm. And when we begin to experience a relationship with him like that, then our abilities increase and it's not our own abilities, but it's the abilities that he puts in us. So we begin to see great things happen in our ministries, the closer we get to him because we're allowing him to use us more. Mm-hmm. So it's just absolutely a necessity. Yeah. So good. Oh, so good. We could just go on and on. Couldn't we? Yes. Uh, oh, I love this conversation and, and just really helping people better understand who the Holy spirit is. And, uh, you know, just a, just a quick little truth nugget here before I, um, before I wrap this up, but, um, just always be reminded that the Holy spirit will always lead you into truth. Yeah, that he uh, does not trick us. He does not manipulate us. He doesn't strong arm us. (laughs) He he leads us. And like Donna has mentioned a couple of times, he is a gentleman uh, and the Holy Spirit will never lead us to do something that is contrary to scripture. So always keep that in mind. But uh, Donna, it's been so great to have you with us this week. Thank you so much for adding value to um, my life and to the, the listening community here and, um, and just having this conversation with us. I really believe that it's helped a lot of people. So thank you so mm-hmm. much for joining us this week. Uh, we're so glad that you are here uh, and we would love to hear from you. If you have any further questions or just any, any thoughts that you uh, have after listening to this episode, we'd love to hear from you, but um, Donna, before I let everybody go, uh, I'll put it in the show notes too, but where can people connect with you? The best place to find me is donnasparks.com. That's super easy. And my website has a place for you to contact me really easily on there. And I'm on most all social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. So you can find me there as Donna Sparks as well. Okay. And you are an author. So I want to make sure that, that people are aware of that you are, is it three or four? I have three books out right now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So Beauty from ashes, no limits. And the masquerade is my latest. It just came out last October. Okay. And where can people find those? You can find them in most any bookstore online or Amazon. I think they're on sale at Amazon right now, actually. Okay. Okay, perfect. Um, So make sure that you connect with Donna and check out those books. Uh, I just know that they're going to encourage you to reach higher in your faith. So have a great rest of your week. Stay well and remember that you are fully seen, that you are fully heard and fully known and that the Lord could not love you any more than he loves you right now. I'll catch you next time. Well, I hope that that was a blessing in your life. I'd love to hear what you walked away with from this week's episode. Drop a comment and let me know. I read and respond to each and every one of them, and I would love to hear from you. We all know people who could use some encouragement, especially nowadays, right? If you felt this episode was a blessing to you, would you share it with the people in your life? Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode because a new one drops each and every Wednesday. 
And would you be willing to leave a review and maybe even a few stars? It not only fills my heart and means so much to me, but it helps women find the podcast and be encouraged too. Have a fabulous week and I will connect with you right back here next week.